1: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free, 100% free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. It couldn't be easier. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up everybody? Chris Trapasso here from CBSSports.com. And it is Friday, August 21st. Beautiful day here in Western New York. Episode 3 in Season 2 of the Prospect Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in to listen. Uh, And for the time being, until we have major news from an NFL training camp, maybe the Yannick Gakwe trade goes down, um, or Jadavian Clowney signs with the team, it seems as though the Prospect Podcast is going to mostly be quick evaluations, or maybe in-depth evaluations, I should say, of some of these top draft prospects who are deciding to opt out of their college football season, or if they're in the Big Ten or in the Pac-12, they're just foregoing any future eligibility and entering in the 2021 NFL Draft. If you hear any background noise, I have to record from my porch this morning. Um, I have a three-year-old and a 17-month-old. Uh, so there's not a lot of quiet space inside the house in the morning. Uh, So disregard any background noise if you can. I'm on my porch. There's some birds chirping. You might hear some cars from the main drag that's about 200 feet from my house. Um, But jumping into these prospect evaluations, and I know it's really early, but by listening here you can get a jump on some of these prospects um, before the pre-draft process. Two players yesterday that I would consider top prospects, have decided to, and I guess they both worded it as opting out of the Big Ten season, even though there wasn't going to be a Big Ten season, there there won't be. Um, I'll start with Ambry Thomas, the cornerback from Michigan. Uh, he announced yesterday that he's opting out. He's uh, declaring for the 2021 NFL Draft. Uh, I, I've gotten to his film I don't know if he's a first-round pick, and I don't think all these players who are going to make the jump to the 2021 draft are uh, you know, all going to be first-rounders. I I think we'll see a lot more players um, saying, hey, I'm not going to come back for another year and have to wait a full year and a half before I'm in a draft. Um, I'm just going to go to the NFL right now and spend this time to train position-specific drills and just to do as best as they can to mimic what a college football season would be like, which is pretty hard to do, but then also just do what they need to do to have the best combine performance possible. Um, So with Thomas uh, coming from that Michigan scheme, he is a man, press man cornerback that over the last three or four seasons at Michigan, they've asked their corners to play a lot of man coverage. And what we've kind of seen as just a general uh, takeaway from those Michigan defenses the athletes that they've had in that Michigan secondary uh, are athletic enough and technically sound enough to man up and excel in press coverage against pretty much every team in the Big Ten besides Ohio State. And I think Ambry Thomas uh, is the quintessential player that kind of fits that mold. That against Indiana, even Wisconsin, Michigan State, Purdue, uh He did a great job on the outside, impressed man, pretty physical at the line, uh, unafraid to get in the wide receiver's face and really disrupt the timing at the beginning of a route. Uh, And he has good speed down the field, so I think he kinda knows that he can be a little bit more aggressive at the line because if he is initially beaten, he has that recovery speed uh, to catch up deep down the field if it happens to be a vertical route. And he doesn't just look like he's only fast for the Big Ten. I think he will run somewhere in the 4-4s. So that will be a a box that will get checked as he enters the NFL for scouts, for GMs, for draft analysts like myself. Um, He's six foot. He's listed at like 180, 182. Uh, And usually cornerback sizes are even a little bit exaggerated. So is he really like 5'11", 175, playing on the outside? Um, you would hope that now that he's going to have all this time to prepare for the combine and for the draft, that he will be more ready uh, in terms of his size, that he'll be a little bit bulkier. Uh, he has kind of a spindly frame, so I think he could add a little bit of weight without losing a lot of his speed. Uh, and I think he's a good athlete for the position. I don't know if he's an elite athlete. I don't know if the three-cone drill and the vertical are, are going to be through the roof. At the Combine, so to me, he seems more like a day two, maybe very, very early day three selection, um, and certainly will go to a team that wants to prioritize man and press man coverage at the next level. So Ambry Thomas, I liked his film. Um, He didn't actually get a lot of targets. He only had three pass breakups and three interceptions last year as his first full season as a full-time contributor for the Wolverines. Um, I thought he struggled a little bit in the Ohio State game, but I did like how he bounced back in that bowl game against Alabama. Um, And one last thing that I want to point out about him, coaches are going to really like that even though he is smaller, he's one of the feistiest run defenders um, that you'll see on film at the cornerback spot, that in that Michigan defense, he is not complacent when he gets blocked on the outside. He fights to beat blocks on those jet sweeps, on those bubble screens on outside runs um, and will get off them occasionally and is unafraid to go for that big hit but will also wrap up. He's a very good tackler. Um, There's not a lot of times where he can size up even a wide receiver. There was a couple times against Alabama's talented receiver group where he had to size up Jerry Judy in, in the open field and still made the tackle. So I think and a few of those other receivers as well for the Crimson Tide. So from that element, some teams don't place a huge priority on tackling for the cornerbacks. I think most defensive coordinators and head coaches will say that and still probably do. Um, I don't place a huge onus on it, but it's certainly a luxury when you have a cornerback that might have some deficiencies and that he just hasn't played a lot of zone um, and isn't a superb athlete and is a little smaller and lankier that you have the run supportability that he's bringing to the table from day one. So Ambry Thomas will be very intrigued by his combat. I mean, a lot of these players who are not gonna play a college football season this year, um, I mean, that's gonna be the question for them. And and that's we're gonna want to see how all these athletes test. He looks fast. I'm thinking low four fours, mid four fours, um, and what is his size gonna be? Is he gonna be really six foot? How long are his arms? Is he gonna be? closer to 190 than he is to 175 Um, those will be the questions that I'll kind of revert back to and and kind of see if they are answered or see what the answers are to those questions at the combine for Ambry Thomas I think he's a good player he's going to play in the NFL um, and will probably be a role player to start and could work his way into a full-time position at the NFL level year two year three Um, But I think his speed, his press coverage experience, uh, and that tackling are going to be his calling cards as a prospect. The next guy who I think is a first-round prospect, uh, Northwestern offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, uh, declared for the 2021 NFL Draft yesterday. Uh, There is a lot to like about his film. I I watched Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, who declared a few days earlier, uh, and I talked about him previously I think Slater is a better prospect Um, and even for someone who's not gonna get that final year of eligibility or one more season, he already has 37 starts um, at Northwestern so it's not as though he was just coming off his first season as a starter. Teams will like that he almost has 40 games of college experience on his resume and it was really boring watching his film. He's very fundamentally sound as a run blocker, knows that he needs, if he needs to down block to help with the double team and then get to the second level to find a linebacker, he does that frequently. He's not out of control. He's not too hurried where he runs past a linebacker or can't find him. Uh, He has good burst off the snap in those situations. He's I'm not going to say he's an elite athlete. Um, He's not Tristan Wirfs um, in terms of how athletic he is for the offensive tackle spot, but he's a good athlete. I think he's fine to play left or right tackle in the NFL. Um, yeah, some of the elite pass rushers might test him or stretch him to the limit athletically on those outside speed rushes, but I think he will check the box for most teams and say, okay, this is a good enough athlete to play on the edge, on an island in the NFL. Uh, and two other portions of his game that I really like that are the most important. I'll start with the second most important, um, that he's so good recognizing and passing off players on stunts, twists, whatever you want to call them, uh, that whether that was just a good rapport with his left guard, um, or something that he has been coached up on or just innate, um, he's not, he doesn't get sucked into twists where he sticks to one player and then leaves the looping player open to get to the quarterback. Very good shuffling his feet, um, kind of sliding his feet to get lateral to get to that second player that he needs to block, um. He saw a lot of twists at Northwestern, especially in that Ohio State game. And that brings me to my last point about Rashawn Slater. He did the best job of any blocker against Chase Young last season. I initially thought it was Jalen Mayfield who did a pretty good job as a sophomore against uh, Chase Young in that rivalry game at the end of the season last year. But going back and watching that Northwestern game against Ohio State in Evanston, there were five or six, seven times where the Wildcats just said, hey, you're one-on-one, we're not giving you any chips, we're not giving you any help, we're not sliding the protection, rolling the pocket, and Slater did a fantastic job uh, just against Chase Young's bull rush, which not a lot of players do, uh, against his speed rush as well. So I thought that he did a fantastic job dealing with the variety of ways that Chase Young tries to beat a blocker. Um, And, again, his size, Chase Young's bull rush and his burst and how he converts speed to power, um, he could lean on that bull rush. For as quick as he was off the line, his bull rush was fantastic and really was devastating to every other blocker that he faced. I saw Slater really be able to anchor, bend his back a little bit, um, withstand that bull rush, and he was just quick enough to be able to push Young past the quarterback on a few instances. Uh, There were a few times where there was exotic blitzes that kind of confused the entire Northwestern offensive line, but I thought Slater was the most under control uh, blocker out there in that game. So that was really the first game that I watched for him uh, from him, I watched Wisconsin too a few other games. Um, he dealt with a lot more three man fronts against Wisconsin, bigger blockers um, that are going to be more powerful, maybe not as quick, or certainly not as quick as Chase Young, but um, they're not getting upfield or asked to get upfield as much as those Buckeyes defense alignment. And Slater, at he's listed at 6'4, 315. We're getting a truck here, so it's going to be a little loud. I'll stop. Um, that he was still able to sink that anchor and not get pushed back into the quarterback. It's not always the um, the most textbook or doesn't look super clean in some of those situations, certainly against Chase Young. But I thought Slater did a great job um, just withstanding Chase Young in that game. And really it was hard to watch a clean uh, loss for him on film. I don't know if he gave up a sack last season um, only a few pressures. So I think uh, Rashawn Slater is a first round offensive tackle. Totally understand why he is uh, foregoing whatever would be in the future for him at Northwestern to enter the 2021 draft. I think with him, similar to Ambry Thomas, and I'm not going to just re- keep regurgitating this with these players that are not going to have a season this year, but I really want to see where he is athletically. Um, I got some shades of Jonah Williams with him, that Jonah Williams had a a larger body of work against better pass rushers in the SEC, and he looked like a first-round pick as a true freshman. Um, I don't know if Slater is that caliber of a technician, but in terms of passing off stunts, very quick kick slide in pass protection that, quickly covers a lot of ground. He's not long striding where he's off balance. Uh, good anchor, just a solid prospect, I think. Um, and Jonah Williams didn't test through the roof at the combine, but he still went um, very early in the draft, a top 15 selection in the 2019 draft. I just want to see if Slater can at least match up athletically to Jonah Williams at the combine. I I don't think he'll be viewed in the same light as Jonah Williams was. I was a huge fan of his. I thought he was, you know, there was some talk at that combine two years ago that maybe Jonah Williams should move into guard. I think he's a tackle all day and is gonna help out Joe Burrow um, a lot on that Cincinnati Bengals offense. But Slater just reminds me of him a little bit that he's not super flashy. He just gets the job done equally as good of a run blocker as he is as a pass protector. And he's really good in both areas. So those two Big Ten prospects I wanted to profile today. A few other things that are coming or that are either up now or coming in the future from me at cbssports.com. Earlier, or later this morning on Friday, uh, look for my three bold predictions for the Buffalo Bills in 2020. Last year I predicted that they would make the playoffs before the season. A few of my other predictions weren't so good. I had Matt Milano as an All-Pro, uh, Shaq Lawson getting traded in the season or in-season, Zay Jones leading the team in touchdown receptions. Uh, that didn't happen, or a lot of those things didn't happen, but my first one was that the Bills would make the playoffs. Uh, I have a few, three more bold predictions. Two are individual player predictions, and one is a team prediction, so check that out. And then next week, myself, Ryan Wilson, and Josh Edwards, the three draft analysts, uh, NFL draft analysts at cbssports.com, will have a consensus top 100 big board, because we feel like we need to get this out now because we're not going to see Pac-12 players. We're not going to see Big Ten, Big Ten players this year. And maybe uh, if, if things aren't handled well with the coronavirus, we could see other conferences have to uh, you know, not play this year. Also, the MAC will not be having a season this year, of course. We wanted to get out a consensus top 100. And then we'll also release our own individual, maybe top 50s, top 100s as well. Um, over next week. That will be like the main project that will be coming out at cbssports.com. Uh, I put one out right after the draft. That's very preliminary. Um, I've had some time this summer to get to a lot more prospects. Um, so I feel better about a top 32, a top 50, a top 100. So look for that uh, next week for myself, Ryan Wilson, and Josh Edwards. a Pre-college football season, top 100 big board for the 2021 NFL Draft. All right, I'm Chris Trapasso. Thank you for listening. This was The Prospect Podcast.